Hello and welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is episode 38, When Your Brain Leads You in the Wrong Direction. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here. Because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. All right, seriously, how can our brain, our beautiful, amazing brain, lead us in the wrong direction? I can't even fathom how it's possible. By the end of this podcast, you'll know how it does. So I'm going to give you a scenario and tell you a little bit about an interaction. And I want you to place yourself into this scenario and really dial into your thought process and how you would react to it. So here's the situation. You have a colleague of yours that is highly unpredictable. His name is Fred. Fred can be so antagonistic in trying to get his way. And you've had some previous uncomfortable interactions with him. Some have been very public. Yesterday, you were in a budget meeting discussing the needs for the new year. It was ugly. Resources are tight and everybody's concerned about getting what they need to accomplish their goals and plans. Fred was combative again. Annie raised his voice to you. He actually yelled at you. Yeah, like in front of everyone, including your boss. You, of course, handled it the best you could in the moment. And then you left that meeting feeling embarrassed and frustrated and angry. So as you think about that situation, I'm going to present a few potential scripts that could be running through your mind. I'm going to give you different scenarios, five, and see which of these might resonate most closely with your possible point of view in this scenario with Fred. So it's the next day and you think about the interaction. Number one, you just can't stop thinking about Fred's inappropriate actions, that raised voice, his bad behavior. You keep thinking, how could he have treated me so unprofessionally? It's so rude. It's bullying in the workplace. And you think he always needs to get his way. You wonder why hasn't anyone addressed this before? And how does he keep getting away with it? Thought process number two, you think, oh my goodness, Fred is out to get me. He's obviously threatened by those that are newer, younger, and different than him. You have noticed how poorly he's treated you since the day you've arrived. He has an issue with you. 
Thought process number three. You knew this meeting was going to be a train wreck. Every budget meeting is. No one in this company knows how to collaborate or knows how to compromise. Plus, Fred was there. And when he's in the meeting, it's going to be a catastrophe. He advocates for his team and his team only. He doesn't care about what the rest of the company needs. You've been down this road and you expected this to happen. You expected that he would react in the same way. The budget meeting was a train wreck and Fred did what Fred always does. Thought process number four, you leave that meeting thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be fired. It's inevitable. You weren't prepared for the meeting. You couldn't even advocate for your own budgetary needs, much less get a word in. And now your team, they aren't going to get what they need. Plus your credibility was undermined again. You wonder, will you ever be able to earn back the respect of your peers? And of course your boss was there. This is a nightmare. You're doomed. Thought process number five. He shouldn't be acting this way, and I shouldn't be treated this way. This is just not right. I don't think people should be allowed to behave like this at work. It is unacceptable. All right, did you see yourself in any of those thought processes? And maybe it's not cut and dry because, you know, we made up Fred, but in terms of how you might react or what you do when someone is treating you in a certain way, It's important to note, considering how you think about interaction and how you perceive the world is vital to your professionalism, your credibility, and also to your well-being. So we're going to talk a little bit about cognitive distortions. What the heck does that mean? We'll, of course, go to our trusted source, Wikipedia, and Wikipedia says a cognitive distortion is an exaggerated or irrational thought pattern. It's a negativity bias. These kinds of distortions are thoughts that cause us to perceive reality inaccurately. And you know what? They lead us to stress, anxiety, poor or well-being, and even depression. The good news is we can change the patterns, but first we have to know what they are, catch ourselves, and reframe our thoughts. Sounds easy, but of course it's not. So those five thought patterns that I talked about earlier, I'm going to tell you what the cognitive distortions are. Let's say number one, you just can't stop thinking about Fred, his voice, his bad behavior. How could he have treated you so rudely and unprofessionally? This is called filtering. Filtering is when we engage in all the negative details and we magnify every single negative detail while we basically filter out anything positive about the situation. When this is applied in our brain, we only see the negative. And in this situation, something positive could have been what? Fred is advocating for his team. Fred is passionate about what his group needs, but we aren't seeing the positive. We're only focused on the negative. The second is We think Fred is out to get me. He's obviously threatened, blah, blah, blah. You notice how poorly he's treated you. This cognitive distortion is called personalization. When we believe that everything that others do or say is some kind of a direct or personal reaction to us, we literally take everything personally, even when something isn't meant that way. Do we know that Fred is only doing this to us? Does Fred do this to other people as well? 
Number three, you knew the meeting would be a train wreck. Every budget meeting is, and Fred was there, and Fred is always a train wreck as well. This cognitive distortion is called overgeneralization. It means we come to a general conclusion based on a piece of evidence, and then once something bad happens, we expect it to happen over and over. And we may see something that's only a single unpleasant event as something as a never-ending pattern. All budget meetings are a train wreck. Every meeting with Fred is a train wreck. That is overgeneralization. The next one, you leave the meeting knowing you're going to be fired. You weren't prepared. You couldn't even advocate. Your credibility. All of that is called catastrophizing. When we engage in catastrophizing, we expect disaster to strike no matter what. It means that we magnify the effect of whatever has occurred, and we tend to imagine the absolute worst occurring. This meeting was a wreck, and I'm going to be fired. And then the last one, he shouldn't be acting this way. You shouldn't have been treated that way. It's just not right. This is called shoulds. Should statements are a list of rules that we have about how every person should behave. I have a previous podcast about this called The Manual. But people who break the rules make us angry. But also we feel guilty when we break our own rules. Maybe we yelled back at Fred. And if we violated that rule, oh my goodness, we feel guilty when we do the same thing. The crazy part about this is these are only five of many cognitive distortions. Filtering, personalization, overgeneralization, catastrophizing, and shoulds. These are only a few. There are so many more. And spoiler alert, next time we're going to actually take a look at a few others. But for right now, We change cognitive distortions by self-awareness. My challenge to you is for the next week, be hyper-aware, both of your own thoughts and of those around you. Notice the line of thinking. Catch yourself or catch others. No judgment. We're not judging ourselves. We're not judging others. We're merely observing and noting. How much does this happen, both to you and those around you? And also, what is the impact of this line of thinking? Pay attention and tune in to your inner voice. And then next week, we're also going to focus on a few more common distortions and also what to do about them. And in the words of Thomas Saz, clear thinking requires courage rather than intelligence. This week, Be courageous and listen to what's going on in your head. Cognitive distortions are everywhere. So thank you for listening to this episode because this is a challenge. It's our brain leading us in a potentially bad direction. Tune in next week. We're going to cover a couple more and then what you can do about this brain challenge.